Holy crap, it's already 2023. Are you off to a great head start with your music business goals? If you've been following the last few episodes, you'll know that I've been putting a lot of thought into this whole mindset thing. And now that 2023 is here, I want to get more tactical and help you guys and gals overcome the struggles of creating your dream career in the music industry. To do that, you'll need to address this one thing, passion. I had a chance to catch up with Adam and get down to business on a topic that's been weighing on our minds lately. Should you make your passion your job? Stick around and find out not just if, but how. Welcome to the Modern Producer Secrets Podcast, the first music industry podcast for creatives who want to reach beyond the side hustle, where we show you how to apply the principles of business, mindset, and personal development to create real sustainable success from the inside out. Hello again, and welcome back, everybody, to the Modern Producer Secrets Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron, and I have Adam, the founder of the MPA, here with us. Thanks for joining me today, Adam. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Did you enjoy the new year? Yes, I did. <laughs> awesome. We came fresh off of a trip to Pismo, so that was fun. <laughs> nice. Always nice when you can have some time to yourself. Step away from things a little bit and just recharge your batteries. Absolutely. So today's episode is going to be an interesting one. Should you make your passion your job? I think that's the big question everybody wants to know. So let's start by addressing the elephant in the room. I think it's safe to say that many of us get drawn into our music because we're passionate about it. We love to create music. Music is art. But what's so wrong about turning your art or turning your passion into a job? I think for many of us, the typical nine to five job, it, they set boundaries for you. But for some reason, when it comes to music and the arts, we fail to set, let alone adhere to boundaries. Most jobs have a growth roadmap built in already. So if you've worked for any corporation, you've likely found that there's a path to follow if you want to climb the corporate ladder. And there's a reason for that. They've gamified the concept of having a job to keep individuals productive over long periods of time. They know this. They've done the studies. They've done the research. And it's obviously proven if you want to build a career, stay in this for 30, 40 years, then you need to have a growth map for you. Whether you're helping design that or not doesn't matter. So the other thing is there's a larger picture in play and you might be able to con contribute to it as you work for a company, but it's already set in plain sight from the moment you're hired. The company has the vision. You know what you're stepping into because this company has a reputation for themselves. They'll tell you usually what your goals or roles or responsibilities are when you get hired. So here's where most people decide to turn their passion into a job, get stuck. The vision is simply to make music for a living. There's no deeper clarity into how they're going to do or accomplish that. And while yes, there are some individuals who've managed to build themselves sustainable careers in the music industry because they started seeing each struggle for what it was and learned how to adapt by asking smarter questions, those individuals ultimately built businesses. <laughs> those businesses exist as their own entities and the business doesn't stop the moment that they decide to take a break. Me and Adam, we took vacations <laughs> for New yeah. Year's, right? If you're not building that in for yourself, then you're going to grind yourself into nothing. And that's not fun. Those smarter questions are usually focused on clarifying the bigger picture, which means that they have to spend less and less time on the grunt work, the day-to-day -day stuff. They ultimately passed off those lesser duties to employees or contractors to get the small stuff done. That's not saying the small stuff isn't important to fulfilling the business needs, but as you start to see this pattern that we're going to talk about here today, 
there has to be something that you're going to have to let go of in order to achieve the bigger vision. As your vision grows and it needs to scale with the needs of the business, then well, you're going to have to learn what that is. So here comes that word again, boundaries. We still hear horror stories being shared by even the most prominent figureheads in the industry. I just saw Christian Henson recently shared his escapade getting fired off a big job over boundary issues. And he often talks about that on his vlog. Creatives are notoriously bad at respecting, let alone setting boundaries. So when you set out to create your own job, no one is going to set those boundaries for you. You must be your own boss, your own parent, your own everything. If you're one of those individuals that said, I just want to make a living doing music, you need to put way more effort into designing your roadmap, especially if you ever want to travel it someday. Adam, where's that for you? What's your definition of passion? Yeah, so this is interesting for me, and I have an interesting perspective on this because I've had a varied career so far in the music industry, starting off in classical music. Well, even before that, actually, at church music, I guess you would say. I was a church music director for a while, and then I moved to New York and wanted to pursue being a contemporary classical composer, writing for chamber ensembles, and then drawing on my background in music technology, taking on some freelancing work as a recording engineer, recording demos for opera singers with a mobile recording studio throughout the city for a while, and then starting my own record label and then moving into something else. So not necessarily pivots in my career, but my career has been an evolution. The reason for that is I think you hear people saying, follow your passion. And then there's another camp that says that's the worst business advice. So which <laughs> is it? I guess it's important for us to define and talk about what passion really is. So if you Google the definition of passion, it's the intense desire or enthusiasm for something. Yeah, that's what passion means. Okay, but let's flip that a little bit. My definition is more of when you say follow your passion, it's more of following your purpose. And the word dharma, I guess, is another mm -hmm. way. What you're calling, we could say that dharma is like your soul's purpose, your function, your higher calling, right? It's your reason for existence and express of service or need or making a difference in humanity. On the spiritual side, it's important, and we'll talk about why it's more of the mixture of the two. The law of Dharma states that if you're alive, you have a purpose. There's a reason for your existing. There's more than just existing. We can have this conversation here, and we can give you some ideas for your own personal development, but at the end of the day, it's not up to us to figure you out. What is your calling? And you have to really sit with that. We have this beautiful line in the sand where we spend a portion of our lives not knowing what our purpose is. Yeah. And then we start searching for it. And then we get to the point when we realize what our purpose is, and then we begin living that purpose. Why I wanted to bring this in the conversation is that I believe that the more that you are in alignment with your purpose, things just start working out for you. There's something to be said about the laws of the universe is like when you are going against what your purpose is and that's where we experience those frustrations and it's like the universe telling us no you have to go somewhere else you have to go a different direction a way for me to think of it in terms of putting it into the real instead of more higher talk woo or metaphysical or talk <laughs> like this kind of putting it in more <laughs> everyday context i'm 
Sure, Cameron, you've played this game as a kid. I played it too. When either your parent or something, they hide something. They tell you to go find uh, it. And then they say, you're getting warmer. You're getting warmer. You're getting it's colder. It's like Easter egg hunting. Yeah. <laughs> you're getting colder. You're getting colder. So it's no Your purpose is your Easter egg. How about yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. that really is. You get warmer. We say warmer. You're getting colder. When you're moving into this, you get that gut response, that intuition yeah. that I am headed in the right direction. And I think that's something we need to really think about. It's not so much following your passion because you can have lots of passions and we oh, should yeah. have a very rich life. Like I, I have a passion for bike riding. I, I like to explore a passion for traveling and, but I'm not making a career as a travel agent or not everything a, needs to be a income source right, just because that's a passion. Yeah. Right. And I think there's this interesting thing that I think creatives in general are just entrepreneurs, I guess, in every industry really kind of have this fight that you, I really, this grinds my gears more recently of people when they say they're multi-passionate because yeah, under that term, <laughs> and especially in our creative world, like with me having that evolution and moving more in an alignment with what I'm called and my purpose is, and it's a journey. So it's going to take some time to figure it out and you're going to make evolutions through the process. Or are you going to go North? Or are you going to go South, mm. East or West? It's like our yeah. Ikigai episode. Yeah. Ikigai is the Japanese term for reason for being. And we covered that in episode 16. So episode 16 was how to find your brand identity. But really that it is a venture into yourself. I mean, looking at these four quadrants and figuring out where your passions and interests are, figuring out what the world needs, or you think that there's a big problem to solve, and then figuring out what the world will pay you for. Okay, like people actually want to pay for this service. And the mission or like the vocation or what you have the skills to do, these four quadrants are going to form a Venn diagram, if you will. And as you work out what things in those quadrants start to overlap, you can start to figure out what your reason for being is. That will help you center in on if I can figure out one core thing that kind of overlaps or centers around all of those quadrants, that's really hard to do. It's not easy. And as Adam mentioned earlier, we might go in and out of that quadrant. We might sometimes be colder, might sometimes be warmer. We're getting closer to the goal or we're getting a little further off track from the goal. The point is, if you can do this Ikigai exercise regularly, whether it's every half a year or every month, start to track those changes, that should let you know, just like a GPS, are we off track, are we on track? I think for most of us, you're going to start to recognize a pattern that passions alone don't equal a business. <laughs> so then, should you follow your passion? I mean, yeah. that's the big question. I love you brought in the Ikigai thing again, because... You said it's one thing, the intersection of all these things. Mm -hmm. And it is. And I think a lot of times as creatives and music producers, we are afraid that if we stick to one thing or one genre or one particular aspect of music production, that you're closing yourself off to other opportunities. If I choose and go all in and on one, then I won't be happy and I won't be successful. But mm -hmm. I can promise you this from my own experience. When you go focus on that one thing, you will go further faster. It doesn't mean you can't have other passions or do other things. That should be the secret of your life and to have a rich life is to have lots of things that you're interested in. But if you're building a business, you have to focus on that one thing. 
here's the funny thing is we're going in and out of the one thing that will make that business more successful. What happens next is that having that one business more successful opens up more time, resources, experiences. So if you're focusing on this one thing, you're more focused and you're getting ahead further. It's like if you're chasing five rabbits at the same (laughs) time, you won't catch anything. If you instead you chase one rabbit and you catch that rabbit and then you go after the other rabbit. So it's like in the movie Snatch where the dog gets unleashed to chase the hare. You'll see this in real life too. There'll be multiple hares, multiple dogs. Every dog knows I'm going to single in on one rabbit. They know if they try to chase all of them, they're not going to catch any. It's just funny to see that analogy, but was just hilarious. Just imagining one dog going after all of them. You're not going to catch any. (laughs) Yeah. But it's looking back at past generations. I wonder if maybe they had something that we don't. It's poignant now to look at somebody like Elon Musk. You've got Tesla, SpaceX, his neuro program where they're trying to tap into neuro brain interface and now Twitter. Okay. We get it. He's a multi entrepreneur. Okay. Maybe he's multi-passionate. Let's just say Mm -hmm. he's multi-passionate and each of these companies that he's an owner of, whether he bought it like Tesla, he actually bought, he didn't found it. He didn't come in at the beginning. Tesla existed before him, but what social media tends to do to us is we focus on being in the moment. If I want to be like Elon Musk, and have all these companies, we call them serial entrepreneurs. But even in the term serial entrepreneur, they started one thing at a time. They grew that business to being successful. They didn't start multiple business at the same time and then build them all up to be successful at the same time. No, they went from one venture to the next. And while they can get successful with one company, what ultimately scratched their itch was that they still wanted to build something from scratch, from nothing. They wanted to see if they can repeat their success. And that's how they started a new business and then built it up into success. But it's always focusing on one at a time. They didn't focus on anything else. You look at the big names out there from like the 80s in finance, how they built their legacies, but they weren't serial entrepreneurs. They focused on just doing that one thing. And while they might have passions or interests, like obviously Trump loves to get away to play golf, but he's not a pro golfer. Right? Yeah, you're going to have multiple passions and figure out the priority of which one is going to get you further means that you also have to spend time figuring out the intersection of where the world's willing to pay for it. The world needs that problem solved and there will be problems to solve in the music industry. That's always going to be the case because the music industry isn't going away. It's just constantly transforming. The rate at which it changes depends on how big the industry is. And I think that's only a sign that it's getting bigger is the fact that we have more problems to solve than ever. (laughs) I did want to piggyback on that a little bit because I think this is where people say that it's bad advice to follow your Mm -hmm. passion. There are people out there that have successful business doing like dumping and hauling removal services or laundromats, right? (laughs) I am passionate about washing your clothes. No, no. in this sense, they're they're passionate about the business. So they love the business. So when you say you're Mm -hmm. passionate about business, you can apply any other type of thing. You see the serial entrepreneurs as they are passionate about the business and building a vision for something that may move on or they take what they make from the other business and invest it in the new business. Tony Robbins owns like 14 businesses. Is he passionate about every single one of them? Not really. He's passionate about business and finding 
different creative ways to generate income. So there's that side of the coin too. And that's where leading into what your zone of genius is, the time and effort that would be spending on building the business, putting the infrastructure into place, attracting the team, building the environment, everything around it. But you wouldn't be the actual technician. And that's an interesting thing as a solopreneur as a music producer that we're doing both you have to be both people but that's the other thing you don't have to do all the things and that's finding where your zone of genius is you have to focus on the actual passion of building a business right otherwise you're just a technician and an employee yeah i think society programs us to focus on just get one career and ride that mm-hmm. out into retirement but each of us as individuals will go through several careers i follow ed my his podcast is great mm-hmm. and he's talked about his life in uh, numerous episodes so he thought about going to sports when he was going from high school to college that was going to be his career he thought at least until he injured himself in college oh shit and then what <laughs> So then he re-envisioned himself by mentoring troubled youths and then ultimately built his legacy in the life insurance industry, of all things, helping hardworking Americans establish their legacies, which in turn fortified his. I think that says volumes about his character is that he's willing to adapt, he's willing to accept reality for what it is, and then pay attention to where his next vocation or passions lie. He might've started as an interest because yeah, if I can figure this out for myself, I want to be able to teach other people how to do the same. And that's what he does now is he literally teaches other people how to build legacies for themselves. Most of the talk is going to be on self-growth and learning how to train yourself to be adaptable in any situation. What we're talking about here today is finding that zone of genius so that you can do the same for yourself. I think that's critical. If you can't figure that out, then you're always going to be at that nine to five job while you struggle. Why can't I build my business for myself? I have the vision, but do you really? (laughs) Yeah. And you have to remember in the way I like to think of it now is really just your business is the vehicle through which you express your purpose. Yes. And there's passion in that and you love what you do. You make the money there and then you Mm -hmm. can invest it in other interests that you have. There's this quote mentioned in a book called Education Through Recreation Mm. by L.P. Jacks that a master in the art of living draws no sharp distinction between his work and his play, his labor and his leisure, his mind and his body, education and his recreation. He hardly knows which is which. He simply pursues his vision of excellence through whatever it is he's doing and leave others to determine where he is working or playing. To himself, he is always seems to be doing both. Enough for him that he does it well. So what you're saying is how you do one thing is how you do everything? Yeah, I think you get there by being present in moment for whatever you're doing at any given time. I've experienced this time and time again to, to prove this is that when I'm going in the wrong direction, I'm depressed, I'm angry, I'm not happy, I'm just frustrated and stuff. But then once I start to go to what I'm supposed to be doing, you get that energy, you get that excitement. If you're going into work every day and you're saying, I hate this, I can't wait for this to be over and stuff, you're in the wrong place. So something needs to change. And it's scary too. I started to feel that way writing classical music, writing chamber music. Okay, so I was meant to do this for a little while but then it was not 
what I'm ultimately called to do, which is why I find myself here starting the Music Producers Alliance. I'm here to help others in building their own vision for themselves, sharing my experiences and sharing what works and what doesn't work and growing your businesses. I'm still evolving too. It doesn't mean I have everything figured out, but I think what we're trying to get to here is it's more than just following your passion. You have to be happy and excited about what you do. Yes, 100%, but it's also, is it really what your calling is? When I go ride my bike, I'm super excited about riding or traveling. I love traveling, but my calling isn't to be a travel agent helping yeah. <laughs> other people travel. I think that's where we screw this up. It's funny you brought that up because my wife, I swear she could be a travel agent because she's yeah. that good at planning all of our trips and all this stuff, but doesn't mean she wants to do it for other people. <laughs> right, exactly. I want to jump back to your quote about LP Jack's on the art of living draws no sharp distinction. It's hard to paint a clear picture of what exactly that means or illustrating his point other than to just banter about it because it's a deep topic. And a lot of people in any industry, doesn't matter where you are, struggle with understanding what that is because we're not taught this in life. Schools don't teach it. A lot of families, like when you learn from your parents, this isn't something that is just commonly taught, at least not in Western society. What it really means is just to be excellent at anything you do, because how you do one thing is how you do everything. This is the gap that we're trying to solve with like people who want to build a career for themselves in the music industry. That's why the MPA was founded. Yeah. The reason why I founded MPA is because it's very different if I'm building a business versus being a technician in the business. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned that a little earlier in this episode, putting it into context for us as music producers is that when you say I'm really passionate about music production, that's awesome. That's why we're all here. We're all passionate about music production. There's a skill attributed to that. You can get better at it. And that's one skill, right? And then we talk about the skill of making money, the skill of marketing, the business building. You have two music producers and they're going to build two very different businesses. One person is going to undercharge and that person's going to struggle to get clients, right? Their pricing model is going to be off. For example, I'm going to charge you for an hour to produce the song and then it ends up being two or three hours working with the artist. And then there's someone else that's building a huge brand presence online and they're working with all these different artists. They're doing partnerships with other artists, working with labels and that sort of thing. They're being seen as the go-to person and they're building this bigger vision of music production. The other person they don't know not having success is because they don't know how to get clients. They don't know how to set up proper boundaries. They don't know how to close a sale, but they're following their passion. I'm <laughs> passionate about music production, but wasn't very well defined. I've seen this too. It could be that they started off, they might feel like they're becoming successful mm -hmm. because they see some traction at the beginning, but they haven't figured out the rest of the vehicle. So then they start to plateau and then they can't figure out how to reach that next level. What do I have to do to get this moving faster? Yeah. You have to acquire the proper skills that will allow you to pursue your passion, to generate money, generate clients and fuel a life for yourself. There's different skills there. It's not taught yep. to us. Even if you go to music school, they definitely don't teach you these business skills. I had to learn this stuff the hard way yep. for 15 years to figure this stuff out. <laughs> and I feel like that's where I've failed too, because I've gone again through several different career hops, if you will. And I wore multiple hats. So I tried to run a studio with a buddy up north in Northern California. We failed to scale because we couldn't figure out how to do it more than just 
finding one client at a time and using all of our time spent just engineering that project and then it was off to the next, but we weren't scaling. It wasn't making a profit. Ultimately, we gave up before trying to solve those problems to help scale it because there's no reason we couldn't, right? We just gave up and that was our problem. I moved on to producing other artists, but I was still just on one at a time, not really thinking of the bigger picture. I wasn't asking the right questions. And I see where this is going. It's not an easy road for us, for those of us who want to build a legacy for ourselves, but everyone has their own definition of what that is. I know that lots of people who've found they're completely satisfied and in tune with themselves and know they fit best working a job for a company owned by someone else. They can sleep well at night knowing that they don't have to figure out everything and be the one in the driver's seat, the captain of this giant ship that needs constant direction 24-7. They recognize that they're not great at setting boundaries for themselves, but in following boundaries set for them by others. It's easier for them to separate their work and play. But that's not us. That's not you. If you've been there, the passenger seat of someone else's vehicle for success, and maybe you've even found a great company to work for, and it's providing for you, but there's still that itch in the back of your brain that says this isn't where you belong, this is time to figure that out. In episode 40, how to balance your music business with your day job, I shared how to do exactly that. I think that's a great episode to hop back to when you're done with this one. If they feel like this is you, maybe you're already started that journey. Maybe you're self-employed and trying to make it work full-time, or you're doing it part-time while you're trying to figure out how to scale it up so that you can quit your nine to five, but you're stuck. Do you hit a wall and you can't see a foot in front of you now? other than continuing to do the same old thing day in and day out, not growing, not adapting, not scaling. It's because you failed to recognize that your success is a vehicle that you must build for yourself. It's not enough to simply get in the driver's seat and start driving. There's no vehicle yet. <laughs> you must design it and build it, not just drive it. How do you overcome that hurdle? Yeah. And looking at this thing, it's like you, you have your passion, right? Okay. But then you have to go, could this be a business? You don't just say, yes, I'm music producer. There's other people doing this for a living. So of course it can be a business. What models are they using? Even when it comes to my own business that I have today, there's a model that I'm using. This is what we teach in our mentoring program at the Music Producers Alliance. It's not just, oh, I've offer music production services and you just put them out on your website and then people pay you money. No, it doesn't work that way. That's just one small portion of the whole bigger picture. That's why we did that whole series on the four pillars of what is a modern yes. producer, the mindset, your music, obviously, your brand message, and then the marketing, the systems that are going to bring you clients. The question becomes, do you follow your heart or do you follow your head? What I'm getting at is it's both. It's mm -hmm. the integration of the head and the heart, the right brain, the left brain, the deeper path and purpose followed with incorporating that logical plan or that model that makes sense. Sometimes people do one or the other. If you just follow your passion, then you just have an expensive hobby, right? So you have <laughs> to have the logical brain to figure out, okay, how am I going to make this a business? Why I say it's both is that if you're just doing the logical thing, then you're a, an emotional person. And this is where we get to burnout. They focus so much on the logical thing. And then they always say, I'm losing my passion. You've been approaching the logic stuff for too long. It's a mixture of both. If you're not fulfilled and satisfied in some way, that's when you're going to get burnout. If you're going around saying, I'm only going to do what I'm excited about today, then 
you're going to hop project to project and it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to make you money. So, so, and to quote you from past episodes, you didn't build yourself a business. You built yourself a job. Yeah. That distinction really just needs to be made because there, I know I've been there myself several times throughout my twenties. I've worked for several companies and I had the opportunity to grow. I didn't realize that every time you get a job with a company, it's an opportunity to learn and look behind the machine. And I'm going to refer to this as a machine for the very reason that when you say you built yourself a job, all you did is, okay, I have to earn income for a living. I need to have money to survive. I'm just going to do the same thing day in and day out. But you're not growing. You're doing the same thing day in and day out. And then you wonder why you're like stuck in this rat race. <laughs> if you build yourself a business, what you're really doing is you have to build the machine that can drive itself. Once it's running, if you build all the gears, everything is up and running and then you set to motion, that thing's going on its own. It takes a lot to get there. But once the machine is running, that machine's making you money. You didn't build a job. You built a machine that makes income that then can be passive if you want. You can build a business to be big enough that you can step away from it if you want to. You can pursue other interests because now you've got the time to do so. You bought yourself time. And I think that's the big distinction here. It's really hard to drive home other than to get case studies and see how others are doing it. If you study entrepreneurs, if you study how business moguls are doing what they do, really that's what everybody wants is they want to buy back their freedom, their time, to do what they want to do. Maybe what you're doing is driving you in the wrong direction. Maybe the niche or genre you've chosen is not really what you're meant to be doing. How do you know? Yeah, and I guess you have to ask yourself, did you choose a safe niche or genre? Do you pick what's popular? There's really something I know I'm supposed to be doing and it scares me so much, so I'll just do what is safe or the logical thing. There's a lot of pop artists, but maybe you really should be doing country music or something like that. <laughs> that means you deviated from your dharma or your purpose. So the universe is not going to let you succeed in that because that would continue to lead you further and further away from what you're here to do. So that's when you experience failure. Sometimes just we need to pivot or evolve, but don't be that person that just makes these huge drastic moves either because if you're committing your time your effort and your energy to things that don't have the highest output or yield or result for where you want to go then that's when the things start to feel heavy and draining and boring painful and stressful that needs to be your indicator to let you know you have to let those things go and that's what i was alluding to in my evolution of my career it doesn't mean i can't go back to that eventually if i start to feel that call, you know, you're getting warmer, you're getting warmer, Adam, <laughs> or you're getting colder, you're getting colder. If you go in this direction, it doesn't feel quite right. So then you pivot more alignment of what you're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And that's, you just have to sit with that and really meditate or, or pray. If you're a spiritual person, do whatever you need to do to really sit with that. And it's, yes, I'm really excited about making music and stuff, but what is it really I'm supposed to be doing with this music? Is it you're a performer or is it you're a real producer and you're putting people together? What lights you up and gets you motivated? Is it running a record label? What is it that you really feel that you're in most alignment with? And yep. that is only something that you can answer. Hopefully we help you discover that through this podcast and then also with our mentoring program to help you discover where your zone of genius is. It's more than just knowing 
your zone of genius. It's like that, again, back to that head and heart, the logical, the yin and yang, why we have (laughs) this dichotomy thing in the universe is that it's a balance of the two and you have to be super logical. You have to know your numbers. You have to know what's going to make sense and bring you income to support the business. But then you also have to be listening to the feminine energy. In business, they talk about masculine versus feminine. There's a lot of men in the higher positions as they focus so much on the masculine energy. And yeah. that's this the logical push, push, the push yeah. work. What it means to have lasting success is bringing in that feminine energy is what is here, what is really going to serve the higher purpose, the greater mm-hmm. good of people. That nurturing aspect of it, which yeah. actually requires introspection, which means looking mm-hmm. into yourself, looking inward, looking back and reflecting on things and then realizing where the track is currently and are you on track? (laughs) And I think you're a great example of someone who has paid attention to the right things. So when you started Technophonic, you told me your why. You've discussed this several times with me, but maybe you can share that again. When you started the label, where was your headspace at? And then contrast that to why you started the MPA. Yeah, I think with Technophonic, I was seeing... In my own music, it was very hard getting signed to labels. And at the time, if you wanted to connect with DJs and get your music played out, you had to be on Beatport. Unless you had a label or signed to a label, you couldn't get on Beatport. It's easier now because there's distributors to get you on Beatport. But when I first started Technophonic, it was like you couldn't get on there and unless you had a label. And I wanted to help other artists like myself get their foot in the door, get that opportunity they wouldn't normally have. And... Plus, I wasn't really a DJ. Again, I had a passion for electronic music, mm-hmm. going back to the passion and realizing, yeah, I'm passionate about making electronic music, but I'm more interested in helping get that music out to the world. It doesn't necessarily have to be just my music. So that's why I started a label, is that I wanted to be able to help other artists get their music out there that wouldn't be able to do it otherwise. So that was mm-hmm. the impetus for that. And then learning about the business and developing a business and what goes all into that and running business, investing in my own mentors and investing in figuring this all out. Then it just dawned on me. If I knew what I know now, when I was first starting, I would have done stuff completely differently and gotten to where I am a lot faster had I had a blueprint or a roadmap or something. So that was, and then I started sharing that with other producers, how I was able to get to where I'm, I am today. And then that made sense to me to start the Music Producers Alliance as a place where producers can go to just talk about these things even. I mean, there's online forums and stuff, but you get people that respond that are just either negative and beat you down or then there's people or they'll just give you flat out wrong information there needs to be a space for people that actually are in the trenches that have gone through these things just like the marketing world yeah (laughs) you gotta cut through the noise i have a lot of fake people that think they're pros and then they just give you totally bad advice they might be the loudest people but they're not the smartest people (laughs) so i felt like an obligation to create a place where people like myself or other people that are more business minded and about the music and want to go beyond just the side hustle. How do Mm -hmm. we turn this into a real business and a sustainable career? So I wanted to create a place 
for that, a kind of a mastermind, if you will, I guess. Yeah. So that's where that came from. What's interesting is you mentioned that you felt obligated. And I think there's a key indicator there for a lot of people who maybe have something itching at the back of your mind, how you're going to do something, what you want to do, or something specific. Just it's back there and you're scared to do it. But here's the distinction that a lot of successful entrepreneurs make. When you have an idea for a business, let's say it hasn't even started yet. If there's an inkling that it can work, there's an obligation. And that's really what Ikigai is all about. This Japanese term for reason for being. And we know Japanese culture is very much about the bigger purpose. You're here to serve the greater good, the community. It's not so much about the self. But if you can find your reason for being, you have an obligation because you're here to make a difference and impact in the world. And if you have an idea for something that can truly change the world, even if it's just a little bit, it's your obligation to bring that to fruition. That's what our life's purpose is all about is first finding that purpose and then setting it out to make that impact. Whether that's a little wave or a giant tidal wave, it doesn't matter. Every single wave counts. Look at how rocks are worn away into just sand. It's literally just water. Over time, it wears away. Water rules everything. And this is why Bruce Lee says, be like water. <laughs> be water, my friend. I guess what it boils down to is, what's the secret to your success? And I think if you ask a lot of successful entrepreneurs, business owners in other industries, they'll say it's love what you do, do what you love, but know how to do it in a way that makes you money. <laughs> yes. you know? So that's kind of what it all boils down to. Until you can really figure that out, maybe you're the technician, we were talking about that earlier. Some things in your business that it's time to let go of. It's time to outsource so you can start thinking of these bigger visions for growing your business. I think that's one thing I wanted to end with in this episode too, is the importance of that. Cause I learned that the hard way time to let go of certain things. So you can build a bigger vision for yourself and for your music brand. What is the things that you can outsource? And then you say, no, I can't outsource. Nobody does it better than I do. No, you have to let go of certain things. Like there's these small level tasks that you're doing five dollar an hour tasks that you know you should be focusing on the stuff that makes you thousand dollar per hour task the stuff that you are spending time on could be handed to somebody else so you can focus on the higher income tasks so i think that's the other part of this to avoid the burnout is to start delegating and being in that energy of literally listening to your intuition but also coming from a logical standpoint as well. Definitely. I keep bringing it back to working a job. Wherever I worked in the past, those jobs, I was always just, okay, if I'm going to be safe, I'm getting paid. It's $15 an hour, whatever. But all I get is just enough of those skills that I have to keep that job. I'm never really growing. I'm not climbing the corporate ladder. I'm not learning new skills that get me higher up. We treat our business the same way as our job. If how you do one thing is how you do everything, and maybe you need to start paying attention to, am I doing that to my day job? Maybe I should be trying to learn new skills. And what new skills do I need to learn to help me climb that ladder? You can do that to your business too. What new skills do I need to learn to grow the business? And then you'll discover that, yes, <laughs> as you grow, you're going to have to pass off stuff to somebody that is only willing to take a $15 an hour job or whatever. It's not worth your time to keep doing that task 
when you can pass it off because your time now is worth 50 or 100 or $500 an hour. Yeah, I, Adam hit it on the head. At the end of the day, it's either you're building a vision for yourself and for your own business, or you're getting paid to build somebody else's vision. Yeah, it's your choice. What you want to do? Do you want to build your own vision for your own success and your own life and music? Or do you want to just get paid to build somebody else's vision? And that's a choice we all have to make. And I think in society forces us and our upbringing and where you get this frustration is that we're preconditioned and programmed to be being hired, getting a job and being the employee. We're groomed early on that you go and work for the man. We have to unprogram ourselves so much of that. To be fair, we're not knocking working a nine to five. We're not knocking having an employer. Like that model works obviously. And if that's your path, there's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with that. But obviously there's a reason you're here listening to this podcast. Yeah. And I, that's what I'm getting at. Hopefully people that are listening here are the ones that know you're meant for more than just that. I think when we start to have those negative emotions and those negative feelings, that's because you're higher self and the universe calling you to a higher power you're meant for more and i think it's that fight right because we're programmed to be the employee and not the employer and that's probably where the fear the anxiety uh, probably comes from because we've had so much time in society being spent programmed to think mm -hmm. a certain way that now all of a sudden when we're incongruent with that it feels off it doesn't feel natural but no to be human is to experiment to try different things mm -hmm. and see what works and what doesn't and I think the people who are going to be successful are the ones that have the grit to stick it out and figure it out. Again, the head and the heart. The head has to know, okay, I'm going against the grain and to tell the heart, yes, keep proceeding. People are gonna tell you you're wrong and you're wrong until you do it. And then they're like, wow, you did it. Now all of a sudden you're the person they point to and said, that's how they do it. They're used to following. That's all they do. <laughs> we have to unlearn all that programming. It's a lot of effort to undo it, but if you can stick it out and do it, that's where you'll end up. You'll be on the other side of the fence that people will point to and says, hey, how'd you get over there? <laughs> that's why it's more than just follow your passion, right? Yep. It's <laughs> there's more, more to, there's a lot to unpack there. So it requires more. Yeah. Thank you so much, Adam, for being on the podcast. You have a good day. <laughs> you too, man. Thanks so much for sticking around to the end of this episode. I hope you found something useful and the inspiration you needed to kickstart your journey. Light that fire under your ass and get moving. If you're liking where this podcast is going, please rate or leave a review in your favorite podcast app so that others can discover if this podcast is for them. I've talked about social proof enough that I'm hoping you'll understand just how important it is to helping this podcast survive. If you have any feedback or ideas for future topics you'd like us to cover, email podcast at modernproducersecrets.com and let us know your thoughts. Finally, this podcast is brought to you by the Music Producers Alliance the premier online community and professional development platform exclusively for music producers that provides learning resources, networking opportunities, and business mentoring. If you're ready to learn how to turn your home studio into a profitable business and consistently get high paying projects with serious artists, head over to musicproducersalliance.com forward slash apply to book a free 30 minute strategy session to find out how we can help.